Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good. Good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you had a little uh, staycation last weekend, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, over the week I was I was gone, kind of doing a little virtual conference. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you had a lot of good good screen time. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it all got through all the material. That was good. Glad it's done. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I I think one thing that I've noticed is that when something's virtual rather than in person, I feel like it takes more out of me. Yeah, which is kind of kind of intuitive, but I feel like it, it it's almost takes more like concentration power. Yeah, and you're not like meeting new people or talking with people that kind of energizes yeah. you, or some people it energizes anyway. So yeah. yeah, well we're happy to have you back. Yeah, um, we hope you had a yeah a good good conference, a lot of a lot of good knowledge. Sure. Um, well, I guess we can maybe start off with what's going on this week. Yeah. Um, so this Wednesday, today, we have our um, religious head, but it's distance learning now. So it'd be kind of interesting because I won't be doing anything this evening other than I'm going to my uh, nephew's birthday party here in Duluth. But other than that, I won't be here at church doing our normal deal. So that'll be different. Uh, we recorded something this afternoon. So that's different. Um Next week we have Thanksgiving, so uh, we won't have um, Mass on Friday next week. So this Friday we will, but next Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, we won't. Um, we won't have a religious ed next Wednesday because Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Yeah, Advent's coming up right around the corner. Advent's coming up, yes. Yeah, so Which is crazy. We are almost there. So we have Christ the King this weekend, and then the weekend of Thanksgiving is first Sunday of Advent. Which sometimes happens, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, great. Oh, oh uh, we could also mention December first. There's a special prayer, uh, a holy hour offered at the cathedral. I forget a time. I want to say six thirty, but it's for kind of a memorial of Bishop Paul Serba's passing. So the diocese is offering some times of prayer, in different places at least at the cathedral. I know they're doing that on that Tuesday night. So yeah. yeah crazy that it's already been a year. I know. I know. Maybe we'll get a new bishop soon. Usually they kind of aim for a year, but with our current situation, with how it has all gone, <laughs> I don't know what will happen. Yeah. So Who knows? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. That would that'd, that'd be, that'd be a good win at the end of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a rough <laughs> go. Um, well, uh, Father, I guess will you open us with a, uh, with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we come before you, and we offer you this this time that we have to visit and to ponder um, this feast day of the dedication of Saints Peter and Paul Basilicas in Rome. We ask you to help us grow in our love for the apostles, grow in our love for um, for all those saints who have gone before us, who help us and, and guide us towards you. We ask you to bless our conversation, bless those who will be listening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thanks. And like Father mentioned uh, in his prayer today, we're going to be talking about the the dedication of the basilicas uh, Saint Peter and Paul in Rome. And today is uh, the feast day of that uh, dedication. Mm-hmm. And uh, this isn't anything, I guess, new. There's a couple, like all the the major basilicas in Rome, they all have their own feast days. Yeah. 
in, I th- my memory served me correctly, St. John Lateran was somewhat recently. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's, oh, I forget when, but not too long ago. Yeah, I, I remember it. Like a, a few Mondays ago, because I was with the sisters, I think, for Mass that day. So. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I've had the privilege of, of going to Rome, and I've been to all the, the major basilicas, and so, yeah, it, yeah, it had an added, added little uh, kind of like meaning for me yeah. today. I was just like, oh, man, because it's been, it's probably been four four years, five years since since I've been been there sure. and been able to go and witness those uh, those basilicas and I mean they're just they're crazy cool. Yeah, beautiful buildings, old buildings. Um, some of them have gone through various renovations or whatever, but they all kind of retain that ancient look and um, yeah, very inspiring to go into. Yeah, and uh, you know they all kind of have their own story too in history. Yep. So it's just yep. it, it was cool to be there to be able to really to see them and learn about them and kind of then you know on days like today be able to look back and yeah i was there this is you know those memories those those kind of feelings come back which is which is cool yeah um and we'll probably go and talk about the basilicas a little bit later but i think i wanted to start off by talking about why in the world do we have a feast day for a building yeah yeah so every church every christian or i should say every catholic church is has some kind of name or title um, usually it's for a saint and uh, different things, but so these two particular um, buildings are for Peter and Paul, which would be the two kind of pillars, you might say, of the early church, especially with its foundation in Rome. So um, because these churches were two of the first basilicas that were built, so when Constantine, um, the emperor at the time when Christianity was legalized, when he legalized Christianity, he started to say, well, let's let's build some churches. So the model that they had back then was the Basilica model, which was like kind of the Roman model of big buildings. So um, that's what they used when they built these churches. And they, they started, um, they built the old ones around that time. And I think they stood, at least St. Peter's was rebuilt in like the 14th century. So, or starting in the 15th century, I guess, somewhere around then. It took a long time. Uh, but Anyway, why do we de- why do we have a feast day for these dedication? Well, um, so a, a church, any church actually, has a dedication day when it's dedicated. So our places of worship are just that. They're a place of worship. So we, in our church building, we do certain things that we don't do anywhere else. So it's, um, it's important to sort of claim that space for Christ. Sort of, it's, it's kind of like we as Catholics, we can celebrate our baptism day if we wanted to. We should. We if we remember when we're baptized. Um, that's a special day because it's the day we came into the church. A dedication day for a church is sort of like that. It has it's like an anniversary of this beginning, uh, of this place being consecrated to Christ and to, consecrated to the use of uh, the Christian community to worship. So um, it's very very exciting moment um, when a community is able to to dedicate their church. Um, and the reason why we celebrate Peter and Paul basilicas is because those are sort of like seen as universal churches. They're they're sort of there for the whole church. They're they're pilgrimage sites. They've been pilgrimage sites for the for the long, long time, many, many centuries. And so people go to Rome. And if you're Catholic, you pretty much want to see the four major basilicas, which would be Saint Mary Major, um, Saint Peter, and Saint Paul, and then the, the Lateran. Basilica, which is the cathedral of the Catholic Church, the cathedral of the world, so the Pope's cathedral, if you will. Um, so 
those would be the four major basilicas, and so each of them we celebrate on the universal calendar. Um, Mary Major and St. John Lateran both have their own feast day, and then Peter and Paul are together today. So, um, But likewise, um, in our diocese not too long ago, we celebrated um, Our Lady of the Rosary, which is our patronal feast day for our diocese, and so that's the, uh, the day where we celebrate our cathedral. It's dedication day um, and so forth. So it's um, something we celebrate even in on the parish level. So um, oftentimes it's the feast of the... Uh, church that is celebrated. Some parishes don't always celebrate their dedication day because they don't remember it or they don't they haven't really had that tradition, but it's something you could do. Like for instance, right now with the appeal going at St. Joe's, that's one of the things that uh, we're sort of asked to do is to celebrate the feast of the saint or whoever it's named after. So have a mass there that day. And then the other day would be um, typically you would celebrate would be the dedication day. So um, these are important feast days for the church building, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Are you following? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it is a little funny, isn't it? Like, this is stone and wood and sheetrock and all these other things. Like, what? It's not alive, but it's sort of a consecration of this ground to worship. So. Yeah, and I liked the kind of connection you made to the baptism and how, you know, when we would celebrate our baptismal day, because that's the day that we were kind of set aside for mm -hmm. Christ, right? And that's the kind of the same for the building. You know, right. you can, uh, once a building is kind of, to a certain extent, claimed for Christ, it's it's different, right? Right. It's different right. now. And that's why we kind of, if, for instance, you do close a church, there's a process to deconsecrate it or to sort of uh, remove that designation from it. You know, it's uh, the the items and at the altar and stuff. You try to find worthy places for them, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's always a debate of what do you do with an old Catholic church? Do you do you sell it? Do you give it away? Do you um, can you do these things? I mean, it's, different dioceses have different things, but in the in the canon law, it says it, it may not be used for profane use, which basically are it, it, not sordid use, meaning that it couldn't be turned into something that is against the or contrary to the faith or whatever because sometimes you do have these groups coming in that say we want to we want to buy your building and they want to turn it into something that's antithetical to the faith you know like a a bar or a, uh, maybe a, you know god forbid like a satanic place of worship or something like that you know so the church does always try to discern what what are we going to do with this building because it's, it's not just like any other building so there's yeah. a canonical process that goes with that yeah and i think that kind of uh, segues us into just this idea that like buildings are important to us. Yes. And you know, it's I think it's a it's a both and where it's like yes, the the physical church is important, but it's also important to realize that like the physical church isn't the community, mm -hmm. right? And so right. there's there's like the body of Christ. There's the 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 church which is the people but then there's also the church which is the building right and right. both kind of need each other yeah no i think you make a good point that it's both and and they're both important in their own way and they both uh i mean the building should serve the needs of the community right that's the main thing and if it's not then we have to figure out how to change it or renovate or maybe if we oh, outgrew the space or it's too big or whatever or it's too old you know all these things have to be taken into consideration but they they kind of go together like um, even in the early centuries when they didn't have a church, they would gather, you know, whoever's house was the biggest and 
half mast there and it it changed that space into a different sort of place you know so yeah we try to make our churches beautiful and try to take care of them and make them a sacred space rather than just i mean so there's there's different ideas out there of what a church is you know um our uh, brothers and sisters in other denominations of christianity would have different ideas you know some are very bare bones like just a, we just need a, a place to meet. We don't. It doesn't need to look like anything. Or um, we'd rather have a stage than an altar. Or we'd rather have, um, you know, movie th- seats or like you know movie theater seats, like comfortable chairs rather than pews or these kinds of things. All of that has meaning. In the Catholic Church, we we take very seriously. Like, what does the architecture tell us? Or what does what does it mean uh, to have a church building and, and an altar and pews and all these things? So it's very interesting how important all that is to us. And sometimes we don't even think about that because we're so used to it. So, Yeah, and I think like there's also a component to it where it's churches and the, the buildings specifically are big parts of our Catholic faith because mm-hmm. kind of what you said, like going on pilgrimage mm-hmm. to these sites, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people that go to Rome to go on pilgrimage to the different, the various churches right. and to go and just, just go and look at them. And I know... Uh, like a lot of places, like like my family growing up, when we would travel, like we that was kind of one of the things was like, oh, let's try to find like, you know, a cool church to Beautiful go to, church, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, I've kind of carried that on just uh, in my own life. When I when I go to go to places, it's like oh, like I'm going to, like I remember one time I went to Chicago for a weekend, and I went to I think it's called St. John Cantius. Oh yeah, is a is, is a church there, and it was, it was, it was really beautiful church. Is that, is that the one where you're like walking along the street and it doesn't look like anything on the outside and then you go in and you're like, hey, look at this huge nice thing in here. I mean, it There's doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think the outside portrays the inside, Yeah, but yeah. but it, it it looks like a church, on, like the a church outside, on the outside. Okay. And, um, I know in some of these big cities you have some of those sort of situations where it's like, you're just on the street front, it just, a little sign says church or whatever, and you go in there and you're like, oh, well, I had no idea. So, yeah. yeah. But what, 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 do you remember what kind of architecture style it was? Uh, I am not well versed enough to okay. know was what that, kind. I know it looked nice. Okay, was it more contemporary looking or more like old looking? It was. It, it was more. It was more old school. I'd say uh, there was a lot of paintings. Okay, and I, I guess I don't know what it. What if there's a specific art style that instead of just like kind of the plain walls, there's mm-hmm. murals on it. Okay, right. I don't know if that's a specific. Were there version. pillars? There was pillars. Okay, I wonder if it was like Romanesque or something. Or I'm not sure. Yeah. Well. St. John Cantius. St. John Cantius, yeah. Let's yeah check so it out sometime in cool. Chicago. Yeah. Do, do, you have a, do you have a favorite, um, I guess, uh, two-part question. Do you have a favorite uh, church that, you, that you've been in outside of the States? And then maybe a favorite that you've been inside of the States. Uh, yeah. Well, man, there's so many good ones out there. Outside of the States, uh, if I were go to go back to Rome, there's so many churches I'd pick from, but... I love um, um, Santa Maria Sopra Minerva is probably my favorite, I guess. I, I mean, the, the four major basilicas, you just can't compete with them. So they're yeah. kind of in their own class. But outside of that, I'd say because uh, Santa Maria, which St. Maria over Minerva is basically what it means. So it's a, a church that was built over a, a, tem- a temple at one point to Minerva. Um, and it's a beautiful Gothic church. And I love Gothic. That's probably my favorite architecture style. Which, if you think of a Gothic church, it'd be think of Notre Dame 
which hopefully they'll be re rebuilding in the same fashion it was built. Um, you know, high ceiling arches, stained glass, um, kind of a classic look, long procession, um, high altars, lots of little statues and things like that. So, um, I mean, you can go over over the top or you can be simpler, but I love Gothic architecture. It's just my favorite. Uh, most of Rome is Baroque, which is a little bit more gaudy, a little bit more um, more marble, more kind of flashy, showy, looks a little more ritzy, which it probably is. Um, but it's it's beautiful in its own right. Um, but yeah, it, uh, Rome is more Baroque. There's a few Gothic churches, but not too many. Gothic churches are more like the further you go north and in France and in Germany and stuff, you'll see more Gothic. So. Okay. So, yeah. Favorite church in the States? Whew. I think our St. Paul Cathedral is very nice. It's so big that it's a little overwhelming. So, you know, one church I really liked when I was in Crosby, we were looking at building a new church, and one of the churches that we visited I really liked um, um, it's called St. Joseph's, and we were a parish called St. Joseph's. So, uh, and it's in, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the name now. Um, anyway, it's called St. Joseph's. Okay. Yeah, and it's a little south of, it's not in our diocese, it's in the St. Cloud Diocese. They have a lot of nice churches down there, actually. Um, so th and there's another one that kind of paired with it called St. Michael in St. Michael. And... Uh, um, so there's beautiful little churches, um, again, kind of the Gothic style. So sure. Neo-Gothic, so, yeah. Yeah, how about you? you have favorites? Um, I think my favorite, the one that I remember re really at least having the best experience in was uh, the Jesu mm, yeah. in Rome. Yeah. And one of the really cool things about that was that the ceiling was... It was like 3D. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was, I guess, a bunch of murals. Yeah. But there was parts of it that were like... Painted in such a way that it had texture. Yeah. 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 And it seemed like it was almost like carved out that way and painted mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Something that really stuck with me. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, and I guess also... Uh, oh, Pierce. That's the town. Pier oh, Pierce? St. Joseph and Pierce. Okay. You maybe have been there because it's yeah. not too far from your hometown. Yeah, yeah. I drove past that all the I, I was actually, I actually thought like, oh, I wonder if that's the one in Pierce. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that is a really, a really. It's an old church, a beautiful church. Yeah, a really beautiful church in a, I mean, small town that usually, you know, it takes 30 seconds to drive through. Yeah, right. But. They got a gem of a church. Yeah. They just redid it, so. Um, but yeah, I think the Jesu in Rome, uh, there's yeah, a lot of cool components to that. A couple yeah. saints buried there. So yeah. just like that was really cool. Do you have a favorite in our diocese other than the cathedral? Uh, I mean, I guess I have an emotional c connection to St. St. Francis and yeah. Brainerd. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I mean, the, that's my home parish. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I've been to many parishes north of Duluth. Okay. So I guess I don't, I've heard that there's... Blessed it, Sacrament in Duluth yeah. and Hibbing is very nice. I, I've heard that one. Isn't there one in like Virginia or Eveleth? That is, I've heard it like just got redone. And looks really nice. Yeah, it could be. Father Brandon just probably has done some work. I haven't been in um, what is the one in in uh, Virginia? All, uh, I, Holy I Spirit? Remember. No, they they had several. They had three, and now they're down to one. So I can't remember which which one la lived on. But um, yeah. Okay. 
That's bad. But yeah, I sorry, Father I, Brandon. <laughs> I've I've really I really love uh, Saint Francis and Brainerd. I, it's a nice. It's it's very uh, has to be Romanesque style. Okay. So okay. It's good. It's a good style too. It's strong. Uh, the yeah. pillars and the brick. And, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's simple, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, the, they've kind of continued to do just minor updates to it, yeah. and I think yeah. it looks really nice. So yeah. they've done a good job there. But I'm also biased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been to the, uh, uh, I think it was the cathedral in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh yeah, that's nice. And it's it was like the largest mosaic outside co- of the church or outside like of like Rome or yeah. something like yeah. that. And so basically the entire church was a mosaic, which is, you know, it's just little uh, stones, little all put, stones together. Yeah. put together to make something bigger. Uh, and that was really cool. Yeah. Just walking around there. I was like, man, I could stare at this for hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think that was one of the more, like, that was one of the coolest ones. Sure. That I've seen. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. So I probably keep listening to beautiful churches all day. So yeah. maybe we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are going to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone's keeping a list, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I I think I think that would be a cool thing to have like a family vacation and just go like yeah, church, church hopping. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe that sounds boring, but I think that sounds really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, Usually, when I travel, that's one other thing I do is check out the local churches. You know, I want to see what they got. So yeah, yeah, and I think that there is something too that when you you know go into a church and you kind of have that like wow factor mm-hmm. a little bit, like it. There's kind of you know I don't know there's, there's there's something special with it yeah so yeah um, but yeah maybe kind of moving on and maybe going into the closing um, you know kind of started talking about the, the dedication of the basilas for Saint Peter and Paul right. maybe kind of talk a little bit about Saint Peter and Paul you know right now we're kind of just finishing up our series on saints, saints and yeah. um, and they were kind of the two of the first saints yeah. really in a sense yeah. and. Uh, the kind of fathers of the church, uh, the forefathers of the church. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think I was thinking about it kind of earlier this week, like, man, I wonder what, like, St. Paul would would do if he walked into, like, the, the modern-day church. And, <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. He, was, he was kind of intense. But, but, um, but, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about it, like, man, like, I wonder how these, like, early uh, church fathers would, like, yeah. what they would think seen like that's a fascinating thought that the church today so yeah, uh, yeah I, I would think if in some sense i think if if they hadn't been watching the church from all these 2000 years if they just died and then took a long pause and then came back now i think they would be flabbergasted at like hey it, it actually went it, it's yeah. here still <laughs> you know and, and they might be surprised with how it's organized and how big it is and how formalized it is, because in their day, Peter and Paul, like, they didn't have anything, right? They were just going around. I mean, they'd go to the synagogues, but they didn't have churches. Like, they would meet in people's houses and um, very small communities, right? So they didn't have a parish structure. They didn't have any of that. So um, I think they'd, they'd look at what the church has become and say, wow, this is amazing what God has done over the centuries. And um, there might be some parts they might go, huh, I never thought that that would, I, I didn't think they'd be reading my letters. You know, St. Yeah. Paul, we talked about that at RCA last night, like letters to St. Paul, like he wasn't writing them to, to get into the scriptures. It's just, you know, the Holy Spirit and through the uh, divine guidance of the ch- in, in the church, we came to understand that this is something we should hold on to. So, um, but yeah, I think Peter and Paul, they, they 
like you said, are the kind of the two pillars. They both died in Rome in the persecution of Nero. And so because of that, the Roman church has become sort of the center of the Catholic church. Um, there was always certain centers of, of Catholicism. You had like Alexandria, um, Jerusalem, Constantinople later, um, Antioch. So these would be like, maybe you've heard of like the word of patriarch. So we still have the patriarch in Alexandria. We still have the patriarch in Jerusalem. But because the churches there are so small in terms of what they used to be, and not so many Christians in those places anymore, um, they don't have the same impact that Rome does. Like Rome is sort of the center of the Catholic Church. It's where the, the Pope has lived uh, historically. I mean, there's a few times when they lived in other places. but um, So because of that, the apostles Peter and Paul have become uh, sort of, I guess, there's very important for that city in particular, but also for the universal church. Obviously because of the role that Peter was given as the first pope, and then Paul is the great evangelist who went out and continued to, to share the faith and, and grow the church. So both of them are kind of monumental figures in the church, although it's interesting you know, compared to some of the other saints that we've had, they've the writings aren't that much. I mean, we don't have that much of hardly anything that Peter wrote. We have a couple letters, and relatively, we have a lot in Scripture from St. Paul, but if you look at, like, the stuff that, like, Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas have written, not a lot, but because it's Scripture and because they were there at the beginning, they are, like, kind of these pillars of the Church, so very, very foundational. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about... I think it was your homily a couple weekends ago. I was talking about how like so many so many of the saints are so different. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's something too with Saint Peter and Paul. They're completely different people. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, everyone can probably identify with one of you know with one of them because yeah. they're like polar opposites. So I think I think it's just cool to to be able to see um, these two people. Yeah. And that God used them both in their own way to yeah. to be these pillars or to be kind of the, the important things. I think probably Peter was very influential in his day, but now we, we don't know that much about him because he didn't write a lot. We know, you know, from tradition, whereas Paul, we, we get all his writings, we get a more sense of who this person was and what his personality was like. And so it was very interesting to um, just to think that way, like, wow, you know, how God used these two guys who were very different. And like you said, both had their own conversion stories and how they came to know Christ and in different ways, and yeah, very fascinating. Yeah, great. Well, th- that's all that I have. Do you have any any closing thoughts? Um, maybe just uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a good weekend coming up, and then as you go into the holiday, that you take that time. You know, it's going to be different this year for many people, but um, I think just encouraging people to to hold on to Christ in these times as we enter into Advent, as we enter into this time of the holidays, which are kind of be just, they're just going to be different this year. Um, Christ has something for us in it all. And so have hope in that, trust in that, pray about that, and see where the Lord leads you in these days ahead. I guess that's what I would say to close out. Yeah, great. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for listening uh, to this episode of the Catholic Duluth Show. And uh, we will uh, see you again next week.